A billion years ago, there was nothing but space. Then one of God's wet farts blew all the planets in place. There were no signs of life on Mars or Venus, but planet Earth was blessed with two baby geniuses. Baby geniuses, we know everything. Baby geniuses, we know everything. Baby geniuses, we know everything. Baby geniuses, tell us something we don't know. Hello, babies. Hello, babies. Welcome to Baby Geniuses. I'm Emily. I'm Lisa. Thank you for listening to our podcast. And you know what? Listen to whatever else we tell you to do. Yeah. (laughs) What else do we know? I'm just going to start out with demands every week now, I think. Yeah. Um, They'll do what we tell them. I don't know if that's true. Let's try it. I mean, Let's we put ha- it to the actually test. we ha- they have done a lot of things we've asked them to do that are pretty stupid. Yeah, I got not, you're not stupid for doing it. They're it's stupid of us to ask. I I got some listeners to read that art of tidying up book. Yeah, we got a lot of butt pics also. Yeah, yeah. I would like some more. Yeah, always. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I like. Um, I feel like it's more popular now. Maybe I'm talking out of my ass, and I definitely am. Um, this is my talking out of my ass total white voice. <laughs> You've got uh, your finger on your chin, like you're sort of deep like in thought. The appreciation of other women's bodies from even not gay people. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I don't know. Oh, that like a, heterosexual. Like us us appreciate. Like I feel like I have a genuine appreciation for the butt pictures. I feel like there's something special about women sending us pictures of their butts. Yeah, in like a non-sexual, just sort of. Not to be too like. We're appraising them, but we're appraising them positively every Mm -hmm. time. We've never been disappointed. It's a nice gift. Yes. You know, it's a safe space. Yeah, it is safe. I don't know what... We like all your butts. Yeah. We haven't had a bad one. I don't think we could. And I don't know... Yeah, I feel like unless you send us one of you, like, actively pooping... Yeah, I was just thinking the same thing, (laughs) honestly. Really on the same wavelength with you there. Yeah. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Um... What else is going on? Last episode, we teased that Lisa was going to defend mansplaining. I don't even really want to. I just think it's a fun thought experiment. I was thinking about this because um, specifically when, uh, okay, so I do stuff at this pottery studio and there's this one guy there who will just start explaining things to me on how to do, you know, whatever it is that I'm doing. He doesn't teach there. He's just sort of another member. He's just like a guy who hangs up. He's just like a pottery dork. Yeah, he is. Um, but he knows his stuff. But like, he will often explain stuff to me that I already know. And then I just sort of glaze over. Yes, that is a pottery joke. Uh, <laughs> but then, you know, if I just wait it out and kind of, you know, ignore the things I already know, he will teach me stuff that I that I don't know. And then it actually becomes very informative. And I think, and I was thinking about that. I'm like, he is mansplaining, but it's ultimately beneficial. But I am woman listening. I- <laughs> I am very politely listening. But like I feel like when when men do that, you can't cut them off or speed them along. Like you can be like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, I know. I know. And they don't it doesn't it like, matter. It doesn't like, register at all. Interesting. So, but okay. I feel like it's a, a really dangerous message to put out Absolutely. there. Absolutely. Where I'm that, like, "Oh, you know how that, you ignore that it's good for us for them to do that." Yeah. Like you know how you ignore when you're talking to someone and they look super bored and you just keep talking? Yeah, just keep doing that cuz ultimately yeah. you're teaching them something. Yeah, I don't want to put out that message, but um there's a lot of things I wouldn't know if people hadn't mansplained them to me. I guess so. I feel like maybe you would know them because if men weren't mansplaining them to you, your actual teacher would just be explaining it to you. Right? No? Maybe. I don't know. He's told me a lot of stuff that teachers haven't told me. And Yeah. Like what? Oh, I mean, this is just 
I mean, specific pottery stuff about yeah. glazes. And he like showed me how to trim my bowls. And none of the teachers had time to teach me that up until this point, even though yeah. I'd asked multiple teachers to teach me. And yeah. he, it seemed like a real altruistic need on his part to just teach things to other people. Like, I'm sure it makes him feel good mm-hmm. and important. But and it's, it's also he's probably not- frustrating to watch people not doing a thing that is yeah, but- an easy knowledge to share. Yeah. And, uh, and it doesn't seem like he's doing it because he thinks I'm stupid. It's not, it's not that, yeah. it's not that condescending. It's okay. Like, so that's like a pretty mild form of mansplaining though. Yeah. It's like, there's definitely a spectrum. Pottery, pottery specific mansplaining is like on the gentler side of the spectrum. Cause it's not like he's talking to you about your own experience, which I feel like is a big yes. problem. Yeah. Mansplaining on, on the worst end of the spectrum is when you're explaining something to a person who literally like wrote the book on that thing and you yeah. just can't conceive that they know it. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's really bad. Yeah. Uh, or like I keep hearing stories about people like saying what they do, telling someone what they do at the party. And then the dude will just start talking about it. Like he knows about it and yes. not ask any questions. That is frustrating. Someone um, tried to explain to me recently what a bond me is. And I was like, uh, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> how did that come up? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it was a friend of mine. So, um, you know, I'm not going to like call him out or say that what he was doing was bad, but it was funny how quickly <laughs> I shut him down. Cause I was like, I'm a food writer. I know what a bon me is. <laughs> I'm a food writer who lives in Los Angeles. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. That's fun. Uh-huh. I learned a new term recently, which is manterrupting, which is, uh, <laughs> that's kind of stretching it. It's super funny. I got added to, I get added to like feminist Facebook groups a lot, which is cool that they have groups, you know, that's fine for people to have groups to talk freely about things, but like I'll, I'll just sort of browse quickly through things and then like, yeah, sometimes it's it, interesting to see what conversations are happening in those things. Yeah. And, and like I saw one person is really upset that she got man interrupted, which is she was just talking and a man interrupted her and um, she got real upset about it. I'm like, um, that's just interrupting, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes people. that's just, just being a fucking man. Right. I mean, I get, you know, sometimes when women are talking, men don't see it as important as when men are talking. And that's yeah. a real problem. But Sometimes someone's just interrupting you because they just don't know better. That's yeah. just how they... But I do think that it is like a specifically male problem, but I don't yeah. think we need a word for it. Yeah. Because then yeah. it's just like, you're man cooking, you're man going through a door. Like everything could be, I yeah. don't know. You just... <laughs> <laughs> we got man caves. We got man spreading. Uh, do you know about man spreading? What's ma- Oh, when you're sitting on the subway with your legs spread apart? Yeah. Yeah. Which is a problem. It is a problem. Um, it's cool when women do it too. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I just feel like everyone should make the most space as they possibly can for oh, other people to sit down. Absolutely. As women are socialized to do. Yeah, exactly. Be, be small. <laughs> uh, freshman year of college, we watched some video in my core class about where they just like interviewed a bunch of couples. And it wasn't really about the interview, but it was like they basically just like were talking about the way that they were sitting on the couch. Like mm-hmm. they were just analyzing the way the men and the women were sitting on the couch. And it was always just like the women taking up so little space and the men taking up so much space on the couch and yeah. just sort of like reflecting their relationship. Super really. masculine to take up a lot of space and yeah. try to seem big. I guess, I mean, like I feel like the excuse men always make is like my balls. Yeah. <laughs> uh, really? Which I mean, when you cross your legs as a man, are you just in excruciating pain the whole time? I just don't, I don't know. It's not that I don't buy it. How I don't want to do your balls. Need? I don't want to deny your experience, but also I just feel like men have designed the world we lived in. You know what I yeah. mean? Like you fucking are making us live in your world. I'm pretty sure it's designed for your balls too. 
you know what i mean <laughs> like i mean frankly my labia have been crushed the whole life and i feel like they could use more room so yeah who decide um i read an interesting article recently that um I should give credit to my boyfriend for sending to me about how using the word uh, drive to talk about sex drive Mm -hmm. is actually a pretty inaccurate way of describing like libido because um, uh, most women and most women don't experience spontaneous desire. Like most women experience um, responsive desire, Mm. like in response to some kind of stimulus. And so Drive is a word that's used to describe things like hunger yeah. or like things that you're, are actual survival drives. Um, but like you're not going to die if you don't have sex. Um, yeah. Sometimes it feels that, like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Samantha on Sex in the City. Honey, I beg to differ. Um, <laughs> uh, Can she be like a third co-host on the podcast? Pipe <laughs> up. I should just go in. Just from now on, I'm just going to go into that character sometimes. Um, but uh, men, most men do feel spontaneous desire. And so for them, it does feel like a drive. But for women, it doesn't. Yeah. And it's a language that was basically introduced by male doctors the and scientists. The patriarchy introduced that, <laughs> introduced that language. And it makes healthy women feel bad about their... Uh, the way they yeah, actually feel about I, sex. I just don't feel hungry. Like I never want to eat. <laughs> it's like that same kind of language to talk about when women don't want to have sex. Yeah. It's, and so it's like wrong a, with you. Yeah. That, so it's like a really inaccurate way of, of describing it. And it's not like, I'm just waiting for the right stimulus to come. Along. <laughs> Haven't seen anything that struck the my thing, fancy so far. Oh, there's a quote from the article that I thought was really funny um, where they were trying to explain what responsive desire was like, have being stimulated and then getting aroused and said, so your partner comes over and starts kissing your neck and you're like, oh, right, sex. That's a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) As like an explanation for how like most women's desire works. And obviously some women feel... That sounds accurate. Yeah. (laughs) Some women feel spontaneous desire and some women don't. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And like I feel it only... Sometimes it catches you by surprise. Yeah. Sometimes I feel it only if I like haven't had sex for like six months or something. Yeah. Which is a situation I found myself in too many times. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I thought that was an interesting slightly related to mansplaining good segue thank you I I feel like that was less of a segue and more of a tie-in oh yes yeah I was confusing the two yeah god Lisa someone mansplained you I wish I could mansplain to someone it's like more like even though that's like a term we created to (laughs) sort of like you know, explain the patriarchy. We just introduced a new thing women can't do. Yeah, woman's plane just doesn't have the right ring to it. Yeah. Uh, we'll think of something. I feel like it should just be like fem screaming. <laughs> there you go. Or, uh, yeah. What is another word for explain? I don't know. Let's let's meditate on this and come back next episode with a, with a real definition. Vagin... <laughs> Vagineeking. No. Like vaginal speaking? No. Let's like, take some time to think okay. about <laughs> Or I could just keep throwing out first thought that's really bad. <laughs> uh should we do Ask Me Ask You? Yeah. One on fun? Yeah. <laughs> those those two titles are still interchangeable, right? Yeah. Let's do it. Oh, why did I close the tab that had the 25 questions? (laughs) 
you're such a cheater. I am a cheater, but that's it's not a a game of fairness. Emily, um, if you could try a bold new style <laughs> with no risk, if you could steal a kiss with any celebrity, yeah. <laughs> uh, different question okay totally bold different. new style yeah like a hairstyle or whatever Nervous. you know you know what like what would you really like i, I was try? talking about this the other day like i would fucking love to be the type of person who just wore crazy wigs like yeah that would be really liberating to me to just be like because i always wanted that like fucking perfectly straight straight across bangs yeah re- bright red hair like page boy wig well, that's page boy well no like short you yeah know? like a like, Vidal Sassoon kind of yeah cut. yeah 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 um like I whenever th- there's a movie about the future they have that haircut yeah every time yeah or something like that like I would love to be just like a fucking wig person yeah um doesn't Nicole Byer have tons of wigs she does I'm very yeah. jealous <laughs> she just switch it out anytime I mean we could do that I just feel like it's slightly less culturally it's, acceptable that's why I, you know this question it's like without risk because there's a you know there's a area of time when it's awkward and you're trying to transition into becoming a wig person yeah but you don't know quite how to do I guess it yet. like if I ever lost my hair then it would just be like well fuck it yeah um, yeah um which is you know not out of the question yeah that is one thing where i'm like fuck i'm so glad i'm not a man where like the risk of me losing my hair is so much lower that's right yeah um because it's like bald guys have so few hairstyles that are okay for them to do i was just talking about this with my friend uh rafael he was talking about how like when men come over it's not like they're trying to trick you it's just that's like the one thing they can do with their hair they're trying to figure out how to style it yeah, I don't think I think they're trying to trick you. Really? I, I think they're know. trying to create an image of themselves so that when they look in the mirror, they don't look bald. Yeah. I do I I can't imagine. I mean, if you are a man with a comb over, first of all, I, I don't know what to say to you. Second of all, email us and let us know what your what your mindset is. I don't want to be so judgmental about it, but it's just one of those things that is so obvious to other people that you're doing. You know what I mean? But also, don't stress about it because I don't really care when men are losing their hair. No, I feel It like doesn't affect my um, attraction to them. No, I think the only thing that affects my attraction is like if it seems like someone is not okay with themselves. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that's what like a comb over communicates to me is like, unless, unless you're like a news anchor who's being shot head on, with a camera that and the comb over works in that angle that's fine because that's your job that's your livelihood you're not walking around the world like that that's right yeah um, we're here to not only empower men to mansplain but also to be proud of their uh, <laughs> pattern baldness <laughs> you guys have it real hard yeah you know and that's just a real tragedy we're here for you <laughs> um what's your question emily uh what is my question um what do you want your tombstone to say oh god um oh my god i don't know i can't think of anything really yeah i've just i don't like to think about dying at all i'm just like oh i'll just that's be the thing that freaks you out i'll just be cremated and i don't want a stone i just want like a tree to be planted for yeah. me and then just scatter my ashes around it okay um i mean <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I can't think of anything. Yeah. Maybe just like a drawing that I've made, but like carved into the stone. That would be cool. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah, like just like a dancing cat lady. Yeah. 
I mean, I think like <laughs> a dancing cat lady would be good. Uh, it sends an here interesting lies, message about what you did in your life. Here lies Lisa Hanna. While here's a guy on a motorcycle with his dick hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everyone else in this graveyard. <laughs> and you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough. It's a tough question because. It is. I mean, it's weird to think about now, and it's also it's like, do you get to own how other people mourn you? You don't. You don't. What, what if you? What if it just listed things that I'm not? Wife, mother, yeah, <laughs> astronaut, yeah, yeah, <laughs> all things that I did not do. <laughs> you just make shit up. Yeah, wife, mother, pedestrian. <laughs> pedestrian would be a good thing to say on your tombstone yeah that is important to me yeah she was known for her walking (laughs) (laughs) uh all right uh that concludes one on fun it's time for wiki of the week We're Dave and Graham, and we host Stop Podcasting Yourself. We started this podcast back in 2008, before podcasts had to have any kind of concept, so we don't really know how to describe it. It's kind of like going to the barber shop if your barber knew all about the first season of the show Elf. It's like a 90-minute massage where the masseuse is two people talking to each other with a third person. It's like the Monsters of Metal tour, only quieter, no music, and just talking. It's like a makeout session, but without the lips touching, they just talk a lot. Download Stop Podcasting Yourself from iTunes or MaximumFun.org. Uh, I'd like to introduce our guest. Um, she's an incredible artist and animator and cartoonist. Uh, she's a complete badass, and her name is Helen Joe. Hey, Thank you. Thank you for being here. No problem. Thanks for having me. Uh, this week's Wikipedia page was sent to us by Todd Gray. Thank, Thank you, Todd. Todd. Um, it's the Wikipedia page for Crush, Texas. Nice and short one. <laughs> follow along at home. Don't follow along in your car. <laughs> um, uh, Crush, Texas was a temporary city established as a one-day publicity stunt in 1896. William George Crush general passenger agent of the Missouri-Kansas-Texas Railroad, popularly known as the Katy, 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 conceived the idea to demonstrate a train wreck as a spectacle. No, I, by the way, passenger would also be a good tombstone. Yeah, <laughs> pedestrian, passenger, passenger, yeah. Never a biker. <laughs> <laughs> no admission was charged, and train fares to the crash site were at the reduced rate of $2 from any location in Texas. As a result, about 40,000 people showed up on September 15th, 1896, making the new town of Crush, Texas, temporarily the second largest city in the state. Which, I love the idea that you had to make a new town to do an event. Yeah. Like, Why, was it just not to, like, uh, dirty up an existing town with this reputation? I guess so, yeah. Maybe a town didn't want to have, like, a train wreck on its records. Mm-hmm. It seems like a weird legal thing though but i'm slightly disappointed to learn that the name crush is just someone's last name instead of just naming it crush yeah, yeah because of a train a crash of the collision like yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly <laughs> it should be like explosion texas yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh unexpectedly the impact caused both engine boilers to explode yeah. yeah. <laughs> Debris, some pieces as large as a half a wheel, dri- half a drive wheel, which I don't know what that is, was blown. It's a wheel ha- you drive with. <laughs> oh. 
All right, fine. <laughs> was Steering wheel. Was blown hundreds of feet into the air. Some of the debris came down among the spectators, killing two or three and injuring many more. Event, I feel like they should have done a trial of this before inviting 40,000 people to come watch. Although it's probably really expensive to pull off. I don't know if you could do a trial. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to have a spare train. Like, well, just blow this one up first. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe that's also a part of why they made a new town for it, was they were like, people are going (laughs) to (laughs) die. Two or three people. We don't know how many. Uh, Event photographer Jarvis Jodine lost one eye to a flying bolt. Oh, he got off easy. Yeah. How is he the only guy who's named? (laughs) People die. (laughs) We don't know how many. Yeah. Because he's a cool middle name. Joe. I mean, (laughs) gotta remember him. Joe in quotation marks. (laughs) Um, Preparations. Two wells were drilled at the site three miles south of the town of West in McLennan County. Circus tents from Ringling Brothers were erected, as well as a grandstand. I like that Ringling Brothers' this reputation is just like, yeah, we'll do whatever the fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing for people to look at. That's our business. <laughs> the train engines were painted bright green, engine 999, and bright red, engine 1001. Both 440, 440 American locomotives, two pilot axles, two drive axles, and nothing under the firebox. A special track was built alongside the Katy track so that there was no chance a runaway train could get onto the main line. Crush Texas was named after Mr. Crush, who worked for the railroad and invented the crash at Crush event. <laughs> Wonder if his name wasn't Crush and he changed his name before this happened. Yeah. So it could be named after him. Crash at Crush. That would be pretty elaborate. One of the descendants, Mark Crush, has made history available to Texas history scholars who study this event. This page has some issues. <laughs> <laughs> has made history available. What is yeah. that? Mean? What are, you, what are you talking about? <laughs> you can read my diary. Yeah. <laughs> the the trains toured the state for months in advance, advertising the event. Oh, so they were like, the trains had ads on them being like, I'm about to get blown up or something. Come on, you get crushed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the event had to be delayed for an hour because the crowd resisted being pressed back by the police to what was supposedly a safe distance. Oh, let's blame the crowd. I mean, yeah, blame the crowd. Like, yeah. they got had to get pushed back and then even then they still weren't safe. But they didn't want to be safe. About 5 p.m., the two trains pulling cars loaded with railroad ties were rolled to the opposite ends of a four-mile track. The engineers and crew opened the steam to a prearranged setting, rode for exactly four turns of the drive wheels, and jumped from the trains. This is so exciting. Yeah. Each train reached... I mean, I would totally want to go see this if this had happened. Me too. If I was alive, because I'd be so fucking bored, too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) My life would suck so bad in this year. I bet those people who died, they were like, worth it. Yeah. (laughs) Each train reached a speed of about 45 miles per hour by the time they met near the anticipated spot. The impact caused both engine boilers to explode. Uh, Okay, they just repeated the same thing about the debris as large as a drive wheel. That drive wheel. Um, The aftermath. Crush was immediately fired from the Katy Railroad. <laughs> In light of a lack of negative publicity, however, he was rehired the next day. <laughs> it was a simpler time. It was a simpler time, although it was still like there was no panic, twi- Twitter like yeah. shaming or yeah, it's just. But they reacted as if there would be. Yes, by mm-hmm. firing him. The wreck was featured in an episode of the History Channel series Wild West Tech. <laughs> Scott, jo- there's a separate section called. 
Scott Joplin's Great Crush Collision March. <laughs> Ragtime <laughs> composer Scott Joplin, who was performing in the region at the time and who possibly witnessed the event, wrote a piano piece called Great Crush Collision March. <laughs> so uncool <laughs> to commemorate the crash. The composition was dedicated to the Missouri-Kansas-Texas Railway. Um, it was copyrighted on October 15, 1896, a short month after the event. The piece was notable because it included instructions in the score for how to replicate the sounds of the train's collision through playing techniques, specific notes, and the use of dynamics. I feel like people compliment me on my use of dynamics all the time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Can you make your dynamics sound like a train exploding against another train exploding? <laughs> Dynamics. I heard that drive wheel. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, that's basically it. There's, um, there was an article about it in Cowboys and Indians magazine, which is why am I not subscribed to that? Also, why is it? It feels like that shouldn't be in a magazine still. That's from the 2014 issue. I have been thinking about subscribing to Western Horseman, which oh. has articles like this in it all the time. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. For some reason, at my old apartment, we all of a sudden started getting Sheep Magazine. <gasps> what is that? It's just a magazine about sheep. Like an industry magazine? Yeah, like an industry magazine for sheep farmers. Whoa. Where it's like, this is a new kind of sheep. <laughs> uh, I'd like to subscribe to that as well. Maybe they were trying to recruit you, like they found some algorithm. It's like, oh, Emily, she'll totally be into this. She'll want to join this industry. I mean, I do look at a lot of sheep porn, but I don't know how they knew that. Mm. Mm. Google has betrayed me. <laughs> well, no, I think it was it was addressed to my old roommate who like moved out after like a month, and I don't know why he was getting it. It was I really weird. You can think of some reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I like the C also of this page, which is Boiler Explosion and List of Train Songs. <laughs> um, well, would you guys go see this if this was if if you were live when this was happening? Shit, I would offer to work for them. Really? I'm like, I'm a volunteer. What would you want to do? Uh, I don't know. Not push the crowd back because obviously they weren't successful at that. Yeah, I would push them way back. Yeah, you yeah, do the I'd, do the pushing. I'd st- put them like half a mile back and then give them binoculars. And tell them to go home. Like it's not worth it. Yeah, Just go. <laughs> yeah, it's not worth your life. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I don't know. If I would, I think I would just want to watch. I don't think I would want to be worried about how things were going to go at this thing. You know what? I would stay home and watch it on TV. I don't think you would have been able to do that. If there was TV, things oh. like this wouldn't have to happen. Oh, I th- oh you're ask- asking about back then. I th- yeah. I, think, I thought you were asking nowadays if this happened. Oh, no. Would I go watch it? Nowadays, if this happened, yeah. I mean, I would watch it on TV, but I feel like we do this kind of shit all the time now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Back then, picture your life. Who are you? I'm a frontier woman. (laughs) But I'm disguised as a man, so I can work a man's job on the ranch. Oh, yeah. And not be bothered. (laughs) That's hilarious. I love this. (laughs) And so you show up to the thing, and then you get injured by debris, and then they find out you're a woman when you go to the the medical tent. They, like, open my shirt to to give me CPR, and my tits pop out. bountiful breasts just... This is a I'm turning porn. it into a porn. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a romantic time. <laughs> I wonder if they would ever make a movie about this. Oh my gosh. So many things come up on this podcast that we should just 
make, make a movie before about, yeah. someone else does. But. I feel like we should just send our entire podcast list, or I mean, just like a link to the podcast to some kind of like movie development person and just be like, we've talked about a lot of movie ideas. I can't write them down. Just listen to every episode. <laughs> just send it to the WGA. Yeah. <laughs> Something like Something that. Like the this. crash crush. The crush crash. Yeah. It's ours. <laughs> and we'll call it train problem. <laughs> Give me my money now. <laughs> Judging. Well, uh, Todd, thank you so much for sending us this page. That concludes Wiki of the Week. Welcome back. Hi. How are you guys? Really good. Yeah. Really thirsty. Always thirsty. Good thing I refilled your water. I know. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. You can have as much water as you want. Yes. That is the baby genius's guarantee. <laughs> Until this drought gets worse. And oh, yeah. I we, should, it. we should have a different guarantee, maybe. <laughs> Um, um, so Helen, you wanted to talk to us about <clears throat> Korean ghosts. Yeah, or Korean ghosts, Asian ghosts, you know, ghosts of the Oriental persuasion. Hey, <laughs> you can say that, I you can't. Said that. Yeah, I'll say it, I'll say it. <laughs> um, what's your favorite ghost? Um, um, I think my favorite might be, it's actually a Filipino ghost called an Aswang. Aswang. Aswang, also known as a Mananangal. I think... One is like a broader term, and it's like a it's a vampire woman who like disconnects from her legs at night, what? and she flies. And I think it's also like an Indonesian thing or whatever. That like is she, so creepy immediately. She, yeah, and she flies around and her like all of her guts, like every system of organs is trailing behind her, and she flies around at night and she looks for pregnant ladies, and she either like has a proboscis and like sucks their blood, or she just eats their fetuses. <gasps> <laughs> and there are so many amazing movie posters and illustrations and stuff and i think i heard about it for the first time in a linda berry comic because she's really Filipino. oh yeah i always forget about that yeah and she talks about how an Wong followed her mom from the philippines to the u.s and just like lives on top of their television <laughs> and it's like always watching her and i was just like what what, what is, is this <laughs> i need to know <laughs> and so you looked up more about it uh do they is there a way to protect against it that i don't know um I just know that they're horrifying and you could find their legs chilling while, <gasps> while the ha- top half is out. The, the legs will be just like in a field or something, just waiting, <laughs> waiting for the lady to come back. I love it. I, <laughs> I like the idea that the legs are the only reason why they can't fly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, when I was back, when I was running more, I used to pretend that my legs were disconnected from my body and that I was just resting on top of my legs while they did the running. <laughs> Well, similar? they did all the work. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. I think it's the same. So that's one. That's one. Um, <laughs> Do you think that was um, invented as a way to explain miscarriages? Maybe. maybe. Actually, I never thought about that. It probably is yeah. a way to explain, like, premature, yeah, miscarriages or maybe even abortions. I don't know. I uh-huh. like that it's, like, a way a way to take the blame off of the mother, but to still blame women. Yeah. <laughs> it's still a woman. It's just not yeah. this woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The Philippines seems really full of. They have a lot of spirits and trolls and whatever. And I think that in the Philippines, like those myths are more kind of accepted and alive. Like in Korea, we have ghosts and shit, but like. And I think people kind of are scared of them and they believe in them, but they don't take them that seriously mm-hmm. in, in daylight or whatever. They take them more seriously in the Philippines? Yeah. 
Huh. Like, I, I don't know if they're, it's because they're more, it's like a more spiritual country. Like, they're more religious than mm-hmm. Koreans, I think. Huh. I don't know. I'm just saying shit. <laughs> so in Korea, it's more just like a pop culture thing, or yeah, well, like there are ghosts, like um, like the most famous Korean ghost is a Chunyogushin, and she's like, uh, oh yeah, <laughs> she's a she's a it's it's the ghost you always see in like Korean and Japanese horror movies, where she has the long black hair and super white face, and she's wearing a white hanbok, like a traditional Korean dress, but you only wear white when you're being buried when you die. Oh yeah, really? yeah. so like. <clears throat> And she is still on Earth, and she usually makes like a really gross crying sound, like, <laughs> and uh, and she she's she's still on Earth because she has unfinished business, and it's usually revenge. Mm. And mm. it's I mean, but she's kind of like the catch-all ghost; like she could be there for whatever reason. Like what I like about that is that it implies that like you should get revenge because otherwise you'll come back as a ghost. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like it justifies getting revenge while you're alive mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, get all that shit done before you die. Yeah. It's important. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, in, so is like the idea in like for Korean ghosts, mm-hmm. are they usually, is it unfinished business that turns you into a ghost instead of going somewhere else? Yeah, like um, I'm trying to think of what other ghosts there are and whether they're also, yeah, like a lot of, in Korea, there are a lot of movies about high school teenagers being haunted by their bullied friends. Like, there's, like, a bathroom ghost, and she's, she lurks in, like, the last toilet stall. Oh, that's and, the worst. And she waits for you, and then I don't know what she does after that. <laughs> or it's, it is a lot of, like, I mean, we're very angry people. <laughs> we, I relate to that. Yeah, we, yeah. Tend to, we tend to dwell on all wrongs. I mean, like, I, can never, I can't let go of stuff, and that's totally something i inherited and oh really is it like a cultural thing yeah it's kind of like there's no way to release that stuff yeah you just stay mad forever and you Mm. hate them forever and (laughs) am i korean I think you might be. I think you might be. Yeah, I <laughs> totally are. You shouldn't beat yourself up about that. I think that's a thing that like everyone yeah I think everyone on. does it. Yeah, I don't know why that's like such a hard thing to shake. Yeah, because when I think about people that I like, it's people who don't dwell on that. I'm like, I should just be able to internalize that. Yeah, I. That's something I have always wanted, but I don't know. I don't. Know, I don't understand how people do that. Like how they let go of things yeah. that piss them off yeah. or like make them upset it's like how, how, how? how do you let it go yeah. yeah it's like are you human do you not have emotions like what happened <laughs> how do i get there uh do you yeah. have a special pillow that you just scream those things into and then you're done with them i mean yeah exactly like what is what it what do you do uh do, uh do you feel like you have a specific wrong in mind that you're thinking of that you uh, well, let go of? yeah get it out on this podcast <laughs> well this is really specific and stupid and small and insignificant but i know it's not i used to work on um I used to work at Cartoon Network and kids programming and mm-hmm. kids shows, and I was a storyboard artist. And the last show I worked on was Steven Universe, and people love it, and they as they should. It's, it's a, a great lovely show. show. It's beautiful. And uh, there's a small, very small, select group of really vocal fans online who super hate my episodes. And really? They hate me? What? Your episodes specifically, or are they? Yeah, they hate. Of- they hate my episodes. They hate. They claim to know like which parts I've written and storyboarded, and they hate those. They hate any of the songs I've, I've written, like three songs for the show. They hate those. That is awful. Oh it's really God. weird, and it's like they're like coming after you. Yeah, they are coming. Well, they, they are 
But then it's also like my own fault because like I'll go and read that stuff on places like places like 4chan or whatever and it's like oh I shouldn't have read that. But like, I feel like oh, everybody yeah. reads that stuff. It's so hard not to. Yeah, it's really hard not to. Sometimes it just pops up in my Twitter feed and and it's kind of like well, I wasn't oh, when looking they, for it this when time. When they at you, it's like why? Yeah. Or even what if they you? mention your name, it's an it's like yeah, of course you're searching your own name on yeah, Twitter. Duh. Everybody yeah. does that. And then they're like and then they make fun of you for doing that and it's like oh come on, I've been searching myself for like 15 years. It's yeah. like a thing. You're People a public figure. You're yeah. going to search. Yeah. I, I want to know what people are saying about the work I'm putting out there, even if it sucks. And um, I'm pretty over it, but it took a long time. Like, I remember I was reading it at my current job, which is my new job, and getting really upset, but I couldn't, like, commiserate with anybody because they they don't care about whatever show I was working on, so... Yeah, and you also don't want to, like, show other people that you're fixated on that yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. Even though it's, like, a super normal thing. It's normal, but then it totally indicates, like, oh, you're weak. You're a woman, and you're weak, and you're crying at the office. And it's like, well, everyone fucking cries at the office, but I'm not <laughs> yeah, going to show I've you that. Yeah, I've seen men cry at the office. <laughs> yeah. But they're allowed to. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't. It's really weird. Also, um, I feel like, and maybe this is, like, a very unscientific thing to say, but, like, I feel like men have to get more upset than women do to cry. Like, mm-hmm. crying for a woman indicates a level of uh, upsetness that men don't understand how kind of, like, low it actually is. Like, yeah. not that much has to happen. Yeah, especially yeah. during certain times of the month. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> like the full moon? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is so frustrating. I get really, really, really upset about stuff like that. I yeah. um, I read a comment recently. I don't know why I screen capped it. Sometimes I save things like that in, I do too. in a it's... folder where I'm like, shitty internet comments. And I just, like, I... Oh, don't save I it. I don't know why I do that. Why do you do that? I don't know. Um, <laughs> and one of them was like... Yeah, Lisa's work stopped being appealing to me the second she started working on BoJack Horseman. It just lost all its appeal to me. And it was just this one guy tweeting about this stuff. I'm like, that is so hurtful in so many ways. I mean, it's so hurtful, but it's also just like so illogical, too, to Mm -hmm. be like, also, you're adding to your portfolio, so I'm no longer interested in your work. Like, it's not like your yeah. other work changed significantly. That's true. You can still enjoy my older work. And, and yeah. you're totally entitled to that opinion, and you can express it online. So I don't know what I want to change based on yeah. that. But yeah. it's still infuriating. But yeah. it's nice to know that, like, even though it's, like, really impossible to do anything about it now, we will turn into ghosts, and we will haunt them. That's right. I know. I'm going to haunt so many television forums for children's programming when I die. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. <laughs> I don't know what haunting a forum looks like. I imagine it's just like posting the dancing baby <laughs> gif over and over again. Creepy. Awesome. Yeah. Very um, <laughs> All right. I like revenge ghosts. I like mm-hmm. it too. Are there ever, are there any ghosts that are like f- helpful? Um... I mean, if there are ghosts like that, I think they're more like Western style ghosts in like popular culture yeah. where they like, you know, it's like your mom comes back and she's helping you because she's in heaven. That's yeah, like, that's, that's so like boring. Very, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a very, it's pretty Western, I think. Yeah. I mean, most ghosts are like, they want to hurt you. Like, uh, <laughs> like sleep paralysis in Korea. It's, it's a ghost sitting on your chest, like the succubus or whatever. And it's oh. called kawinurim, which I think means scissor pushing. I don't, I have no idea why it's called that, but it's definitely someone who's trying to hurt you. And I think, like, you're targeted if you're, like, the firstborn son of a family, which is stupid. I've had sleep paralysis. But, like... You have? Yeah. It's... Oh, man. I've had... I have some pretty good sleep paralysis stories that are really Really? Up. Oh, my oh God. God. Please uh, tell us one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, the most recent instance of sleep paralysis, I went 
to Joshua Tree with Kelvin, my boyfriend, mm-hmm. and we stayed at the Joshua Tree Inn, which is where Graham Parsons overdosed and died. <gasps> and we just and we got the Graham Parsons room because it was cheap, and we thought that it was just a a room like oh he stayed here it was great yeah and then we got there and there's like this black guitar shrine in front of the door and there's and they're like this is the room he died in all the furniture's been replaced except for this original mirror from his death date and it's like oh fuck and so like um we were just hanging out and it's like a nice inn you know it's it's joshua tree everything's really cool and like uh i was in bed and we were just listening to records and i drifted off and then i was having like a partial waking dream where um, like an unseen entity between lying between us, like jumped up on me and was trying to choke me. And then Calvin got up in the dream, like he not in real life, but in the dream he got up and like punched him away. And the way, <laughs> yeah, Calvin, yeah, <laughs> yeah, way dream Calvin. And then the way I woke up from the dream is I started to sing along with the music that was playing. And and Calvin was awake and he freaked out because he's like, "Why are you singing in your sleep to this song that's playing in real life?" And and then I woke up. Wow. And then the other time I had sleep paralysis before that, I was in Rome with my parents. And, like, it was really it was a really stressful time in my life. I just, like, dropped out of school for the second time. And my parents were like, we're going to take you to Rome, and you're going to reconnect with your Christian background or something. And it's like, okay, whatever. And um, I was sleeping in the hotel, and I could hear heavy breathing. And I was like, is that my breathing? And then it's like, oh, no, maybe it's my sister's breathing because she's lying next to me. And then I realized it was actually coming from the right side where there was just a wall. Mm-hmm. There was just heavy breathing coming from the right side of me where no one is. And then I saw a hand come up over the edge of the bed and just grab my wrist. And I was just like sitting there. And then I woke up really suddenly yelling. And then my dad was like, I'll help you. And he prayed for me. Holy fuck. <laughs> oh and it was like fucking scary shit. It was just, like three in the morning, completely dark. So when you're going through this, it's like your body just can't move. Yeah, you like, can't you move, but you can kind of see everything. And it's like maybe I'm just dreaming that I can see everything. And it's pretty common with sleep paralysis to imagine. I feel like we've done the Wikipedia page for this before. We've mm-hmm. talked about it before. We're like, an, it's like an old hag sitting on your chest is yeah, like the most yeah. common thing. Yeah, it's an old hag or like a succubus or just like a woman sitting on you and putting pressure so you can't breathe and stuff. Oh my God. I just looked it up. I looked up the Wikipedia page for sleep paralysis. Mm-hmm. One hypothesis is that it results from disrupted REM sleep, which normally induces complete muscle atonia to prevent sleepers from acting out their dreams. Oh. It's interesting that it happened while you were out of town, not in yeah. your regular bed. Yeah, I, I never even Does it happen that. more often when you're out of town? Like It does. I mean, I've only, those are the only two times I've had it as an adult. I used to have oh. it a lot as a kid. Really? Yeah, and that, that would usually be like, I'd be in bed at home, and I would see someone walking into my room, like through the door, and stand, kind of hovering over me, and I would think, is that my mom? And it's like, this is not my mom. This person's like nine feet tall. <laughs> and, then, and I couldn't do anything about it, and then they would leave. And that was it. Do you believe huh. in ghosts? Uh, it's a complicated I th- question. It is. I, I, think I, I think I do believe in ghosts. I definitely believe that people are completely faithful to their experiences. Like, they, they believe that, that those things really happen. But nothing yeah. like that has ever happened to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but I think they exist. Except for those sleep hags. Yeah, except for those sleep hags with their <laughs> scissor pressing and, <laughs> and the ghost of Graham Parsons trying to choke me in bed because I was singing along to his song. That's pretty awesome. Was he wearing a nudie suit? No, he was just like clear. Like, you know, in movies where Bummer. they show like someone who's invisible, but they're not really, you can see their outline. It's that yeah. kind of thing. Oh. Yeah, it was really scary. That's so creepy. But also cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's as close as I've gotten is just in dreams and sleep paralysis. Mm-hmm. To seeing a ghost, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's the best time to see a ghost. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any other um, 
ghost types we should know about? Um, be on the watch for. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, there, there's one. There's a Chinese ghost that's actually it appears in all the Asian ghost myths. Like they have them in the Philippines and in Korea and Japan. It's called the uh, Kangshi in Korean, Quanshi. Quanshi. And it's a, it's basically, it's a Chinese person who's died in foreign lands. And he's a zombie. He comes back as a zombie, and he, bounce, and it, he jumps in all around. of the different countries. It's a Chinese person. Who yeah, because oh. like you know, Chinese people are everywhere. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're all over the place. They die all over the place, and like um, <laughs> but they want to be buried in their homeland, so they come back as zombies, and they have they always they're always depicted with like the Ming Dynasty caps with like the adornment in the center that kind of flops over the side, and mm-hmm. they're always wearing Ming Dynasty robes, and their arms are straight out in front of them, and they just they're not. They don't look scary because they're you. They bounce around like they jump around. That's <laughs> scary to me. I mean, it is scary. And and the, the only way to stop them is to have like a like a curse written in Chinese on a piece of paper, and you put it on its forehead, and they just like freeze. But it's basically they're resurrecting themselves in order to get back to China, so they can be buried there. And they're just and do they hurt people on the way? I think they do. I think if you get in the way of one, he'll just mess you up. I don't, I don't know exactly what he does. But <laughs> it's a little vague. He'll yeah. turn all your hair white. Yeah, maybe. yeah, maybe. Like ghosts do that a lot. They do. do that yeah, a lot. that's I a like favorite that. ghost move. Yeah, <laughs> I like the like patch of white hair because yeah. like ghost interaction. Yeah, I love that. I kind Those of always so awesome. wanted that. I know. It's, I want to imagine that's what happened to Bonnie Raitt. Oh yeah. <laughs> How can you get that to happen? It's like I'm going to organize a scare oh. for myself so that I can turn my hair white without having to bleach it. Yeah, I, like a surprise birthday party. <laughs> I kind of feel like what I plan on eventually doing is just like continuing to dye my hair, but then leaving out one patch. Yeah, I, we'll probably go gray and then just leave that. Yeah, that's give awesome. yourself a skunk stripe. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, but then the danger is that Pepe Le Pew will fall in love with me. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I know he's and he's quite an aggressor. He's, yes, he really is. <laughs> uh. I'm trying to think of like the modern feminist term to explain him. Rapist. He's, it's not like yeah. I mean, he is a rapist. That yeah. is rape culture. Yeah, definitely. Like, oh, you don't want this? I'm gonna kiss you anyway. Like, yeah. No. <laughs> I'm a cat. You can't. This is interspecies. Like, it's awful. There's so many things wrong with this. I really would like to see a Pepe Le Pew cartoon where he meets someone with whom he has mutual <laughs> mutual love and respect. Yeah. Did that never happen? Did he never meet a fellow skunk? No. He never got Twitter-pated like that scene in Bambi? No, that's a different... I just want an animation. A crossover. Oh, that's just a fan fiction that I wrote. I'm it's sorry. a different animation studio. Yeah. yeah. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm just... Uh... <coughs> a coughing ghost has come for you. Uh-huh. <laughs> a ghost has lodged itself in my throat. Oh, <coughs> um, I think it's the ghost of a Steven Universe. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That is like so. Do you f- have any theories as to why they targeted you? Um, <clears throat> I mean, part of it was, um, uh, they kept calling me the Asian. So it's like, okay, maybe it's because I'm Asian. And there's one other Asian board artist uh, on the show. And uh, part of it's because I'm a woman. Because, like, <clears throat> I'm not crying. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> there, uh, I had a partner on the show, Lamar Abrams. He's an amazing board artist. Oh, he's so cartoonist. great. He's so good. And, like, they would never call him out. And it's like, not that they should. He's really good. 
but uh but they shouldn't be calling you out i know and it's kind of like well how do you yeah and and it's like i guess they could tell which parts i had boarded or whatever but it's like but they couldn't i know they couldn't i don't know it's something i thought about a lot and it's just like ah i think it's just because like because i was the newest board artist and because maybe because i'm a woman and because i'm asian and i don't know that's terrible. But no good yeah. reasons. <clears throat> no good reasons. Yeah. Really. I mean, like, maybe maybe I really am the worst board artist, which I'll, I'll accept that. Whatever. I doubt it. <laughs> I really doubt it. Based on how awesome your comics are. Oh, I hate thanks. the internet. I recently, <laughs> like, I, uh, someone tweeted, like, a really old YouTube link to a video of me doing stand-up that, like, I forgot had was up but had a bunch of views. And mm-hmm. it's a joke that I'm planning on doing on television again soon. So I... Mm-hmm. I went to youtube to deactivate it and like it's a joke about feminism and there are uh, there is a fucking comment war raging oh my god right. that i didn't even know about and i read two of the comments and i was like i'm out i'm out yeah, i can't okay. do this i yeah. can't do this this is just not worth your time it's so not worth it's so not worth my time and it's like I don't know. It's really hard to talk yourself out of looking at that stuff, but I do yeah. feel like I've gotten better at just automatically not looking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's, it's, yeah, I regret reading the comments on that NPR thing I did recently. Oh, God. Oh, no. What are Even saying? NPR people? Oh, yeah. They were like the worst things ever. Really? <laughs> yeah. They were just, I don't want to, you know, salt the wound or anything they were but, too stupid to even yeah they, I, they just um they sort of like reaffirmed why we even did the npr piece you know it's just sort of like yeah um like one of them was like well when i see men in or when i see women in a in like a visual gag it just makes it more confusing for me it's just funnier if it's men i'm like yeah that's the whole point of the piece yeah there's no reason why that should be the case yes. that is only the case because no one has done this before exactly and then a lot of them were just like the white people problems whatever i'm like what yeah okay um oh yeah one of them was all about, it's a, do- well, it's a dog thing <laughs> one of them was like there's like genital mutilation going on why aren't you like paying attention to that instead of this it's like oh um, my god uh, okay uh, oh my god people are idiots mm-hmm. um which like why are you reading an article about this instead of yeah going and fighting genital mutilation exactly what do you want you just, you just can't win yeah, yeah you really can't there's nothing to do throw the internet in the garbage <laughs> Except good. for Etsy, which yeah. I also wanted to talk to yeah. you about. Keep Etsy How do you like that? That was, a great, that was a, not only a great segue, but also actually a segue. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> Etsy's like the greatest, like, uh, you know, for as much of the internet that sucks and makes you feel shitty about yourself, there's Etsy. What, you, what have you been buying on there? Um, so I like to put in search terms, like just really weird search terms and see what vintage stuff comes up because people are selling whatever. Yeah. Like I remember once I put in peanut duck, just like, <laughs> I'm just going to put in peanut duck. And then like this like awesome, like seventies, like a glass, it's like a glass column with a duck face and it actually distri- dispenses peanuts. Did you buy it? I, I tried, I put it on my favorites list. Apparently I have a really popular favorites list on Etsy because every time I post, like I like something, Someone goes around and buys it. You gotta be me. careful with that. I yeah. don't like that. Oh, yeah. wow. it's, and it's kind of like, dang, what? Who are these people? They just know that I've like yeah, excellent taste in stupid they're, shit. They're, they're <laughs> poaching your taste. Yeah. <clears throat> so I didn't end up getting that. Oh. I still, I still. If you're out there it. and you're listening and you have that peanut duck, you should send it to Helen. Yeah, That's mail all it to I'm me. Saying. Yeah, you could send it to ADHD care of me. <laughs> 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 That'd be great. <laughs> and, um, 
Uh, I mean, I buy, I really am into like just like 60s dolls and stuff because they're so weird looking. Oh, they're creepy. They're we, super creepy. We were talking about creepy dolls uh, on a recent episode. Oh, nice. Those I, reborn dolls. Have you ever seen oh, those? Oh my God, yeah. those are horrifying. Yeah. Those are, yeah. I, I don't know if I can deal with the level, that level of realism. The realism, yeah. yeah. I like the like 1960s sort of like grotesquery. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The, like Kitch. that kind of. Yeah, yeah, kitschy stuff like, uh, I mean, what's the last thing I bought? Um, oh, I bought a planter with a sculpted clay frog, and he's like sitting cross-legged wearing these really giant white tennis shoes, and his, his lips are like formed in this just <laughs> really bizarre grimace. Oh, <laughs> I love old grimaces. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love. Um, I also love old McDonald's grimaces. Is that a segue? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Those I also like, love. <laughs> this looks like a big purple clitoris. <laughs> yeah, he's a big purple nugget clitoris guy. Yeah. And actually, the thing I learned from Etsy is that. Um, his initial character design, he had four arms, and he was a bad guy. What? Like, he was, he was being marketed as the... He was, he was like, pre-hamburglar. Like, he was the guy who was stealing all the burgers and making people unhappy. Mm-hmm. But and then, now what is he? Now he's just a happy, gumdrop-looking guy who... I think yeah. he's just, like, Ronald McDonald's uh, sidekick or something. Interesting. But the old designs of him are really creepy-looking. Like, they sell toys where <clears throat> he's made out of... I guess that like, explains why his name is so negative. Yeah, because yeah. he's supposed to be like a bad dude, yeah. but he's, I mean, he evolved out of that really quickly. And now, like, but when you find those old Grimace toys, he's made out of like fake purple fur and it's all, they're all natty and Ooh. he just looks kind of horrifying. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's awesome. Uh, you have, do you have any of those? I have uh, a clay figure, like a bank of the old okay. Grimace and he's. And I really want to use it as a garden gnome, but my boyfriend's, like, concerned that, oh, we won't be able to preserve his paint exterior. <laughs> he wants to build, like, a like a housing thing for it, to pr- like a shrine. Like, you want to build a shrine for the garden gnomes that are meant to a, be outside. in a curio cabinet <laughs> yeah, yeah, or something. Yeah. Oh, I love that. It's... We, we've been doing a lot of house stuff, and he just really wants to protect everything. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. Um, you guys for, have a real nice house. No, oh, thanks. For people <laughs> at home, um, are there any recommended... Etsy searches for uh, them. <clears throat> you can make them up right now. If you okay, <laughs> some recommended Etsy searches. You know searches. what I've been trying to find on there recently and haven't quite found what I'm looking for yet mm-hmm. is really creepy baby stuff, like for people who have just had a baby. Oh, like yeah. If there's like something I could buy as like a gag gift that's just like horrible. Oh, man, I wish Regretsy hadn't been taken down because they were I so know, good at finding that stuff. Why, yeah. did they take, why did they go down? I think it was just run by one woman, and I think she was just tired of it. Oh, <laughs> She's really? like, I have a life. I have a job. I need to go do that stuff. Oh, man. Yeah. So she was she doing just, a good good job. My she favorite was. thing was when they would just point out when people were just selling, like, mass-produced things <laughs> yeah, on Etsy. Yeah, like an at, Like, price. totally, yeah, markup. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Uh, we got to go to Expert Hour soon. If people want to find out more about, their, about your work... Oh, they can... Um, <clears throat> You can either go to my website, which is helenwith5ls.org, <laughs> <laughs> or you can just Google my name and something will pop up. Do you have anything you want to plug? Oh, um, let's see. You did a comic with Youth in Decline, our, oh, yeah, our I friend had... Ryan's uh, publishing company, and it's really cool. Oh, thanks. Yeah, we, I, I'm in the second issue of Frontier, his like, monograph magazine type thing. It's actually almost sold out, so if you want it, you have to buy it now. It's great. It like collects a bunch of your paintings and stuff, and it's really beautiful. Oh, thank oh, cool. you. Thank you. Yeah, I, oh, I'm i doing a show at Giant Robot, a solo show on April 25th. Whoa, awesome. Yeah, so I'll plug that. I'm going to be at Linework Northwest this weekend in Portland. Uh, me too. Oh, oh, oh wait, aren't you one this, of the guests? This is coming out much 
after that. Oh, that's oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> if you saw us there, cool. Yeah. <laughs> if you saw us there, I hope that we were nice <laughs> or shitty. That's that's cool too. And I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's it. I have nothing else to plug. Cool. <laughs> Thanks, Helen. No, oh, thank you. It's time now for expert hour. What does it mean? What does it mean? What does it mean? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We need an expert. We need an expert. We need an expert hour. Welcome to Expert Hour. Very excited about our expert this week. We've been hearing a lot of announcements about 2016, people running for president. So I'm very excited to, inter- to bring on an expert on presidential correspondence. Please welcome Martin Banks. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much for being thanks for here. Coming. Oh, thanks for having me. Oh, this is, I'm excited to be yeah. here with you people here. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's great to have you here. Um, so let's get into it. How much is known about you know our president's sort of correspondence? In the past. Well, it's kind of your when you look at a president's letters and emails, mostly I deal mostly in the past, more of a, the letter writing. But you kind of figure out the, the man, hopefully soon to be woman, of course, behind the of course. office, mm-hmm. the desk. That's what they call it. That's a fun thing you learn in correspondence. They, they call it the desk, the oh. presidential desk. And you just kind of learn kind of who these people are. I'm not a, a really a presidential historian. I don't really know much about their politics or what they did or uh, often who they were. But I do know just their letters and their writing. And I've just always been a fan of collecting people's letters. Oh, really? Yeah. Right. You've, you've done this with other people as well? Yeah, I, most friends of mine, I've read almost every piece of correspondence they've ever written. Wow. wow. Yeah, yeah. Journals. That's kind of mm. difficult because it's like, you know, how do you retrieve correspondence that's been sent out? Oh, you got to be sneaky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I knew some people in the post office as well. Oh. You know, I had oh. an uncle wow. who uh, worked in the post office for many, many years, and they stay tight. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, let's let's get into it. Are there uh, any presidents that we would, you know, be surprised to hear the way they wrote to other people? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, I I only have a few that I brought with me, but oh, great. Uh, oh, good. You might be just some that I don't have, but you might be surprised that. Uh, well, actually, you, you wouldn't be surprised. Nixon had a lot of bad things to say about the Jews. So, <laughs> oh, really? I guess yeah. that is pretty. Yeah, that's pretty on the tables. But you'll find out. You know, you'll you'll find some things. You know, some nicknames. You know, like you might not have known that uh, Bill Clinton had nicknames for both his penis and uh, his scrotum, scrotal sack. Oh, really? Yeah, what were they? Yeah. It was Big Johnson and the Pips. <laughs> kind of a play on on Gladys. That's terrific. Yeah, and yeah. the pips were his penis, which was interesting. You would think oh, it would be, yeah. uh, it would be the other way. That is, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Big Johnson was the name of his grotal sack. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have a few here that we yeah. can go through, Let's and get... they kind of we can just go kind of in chronological order if you'd like. Great. Yeah. Kind Absolutely. Of a, Let's do this. A history through our time. So this first one is from uh, William Henry Harrison, who. Famously. Famous for, for dying super fast. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Real quick, he died. Uh, which so this letter is kind he, of uh, he. You could say he died from mansplaining. Sure, because uh-huh. he talked so much outside. Mm-hmm. And let's not talk about that too much. <laughs> mansplained gonna, himself to death. Yeah. We're going to bury the lead on this letter. Oh, but, yeah, sorry, but no, no, that's okay. But yeah. yes, famously, it was a rainy day in the inauguration. He was a little verbose. Got a cold and died. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a different time. So this was written April 4th, 1841. This is uh, William Henry Harrison to his wife, Anna. Uh, So here we go. So it's, uh, my dearest Anna, 
as I begin my term as ninth and surely the greatest president our country's ever seen, I can't help but moisten with excitement about the future. I have plans <laughs> in place that will not only cure world hunger, provide peace to all nations, but I'm also working on a toothpaste that doesn't get all gunky at the top. <laughs> that would be very nice. We don't that like would have been great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This will truly be an amazing eight years. We'll travel the world, right every wrong, and do it in lots and lots of train cars. <laughs> 30 feet club, here we come. I love you. I love this country. And I love how perfect our world will be. Uh-oh, I'm getting a little sniffle. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have done that inauguration speech in the rain. Yep, I'm really sick. Just coughed up some blood. Oh, I'm totally dead now. This is a real bummer. So that's that's and that's really historic because that's his last. Wow, those words. were his like last written words. But actually projected to finish. I don't really know what that term means, but I think that that applies to finish his. Yeah, oh, you think he was final. literally dead before he wrote? I mean, I, yeah, sure. Of course. Yeah. he was a mm-hmm. uh, he had unfinished business. Yeah, and which was that letter sure. that he had to send to his wife. That's wow. That's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. God, what? How different would the world be if he had survived? Um, I would, I would guess not much, <laughs> but but who knows? Yeah, who knows? You know that toothpaste thing at least would have been nice. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. from your lips to God's ears, huh? Yeah, you know, still that one. Um, so this one, this one is from uh, William Howard Taft, and this is, I think this is interesting because it kind of shows you more. This is just more almost the president as a man. Not in, in dealing with presidential matters, but maybe how he would with the common folk or the, the worker. Great. So this was written, this is to Maxwell's Baths, which was a popular bath shop. You would buy tubs and whatnot. Okay. Uh, this is written on June 12th, 1911. Okay. To Mr. Maxwell, Bill here. You may remember me coming into your establishment three months ago inquiring about a new bathtub for the presidential chambers. I was the one eating the roast beef hoagie. <laughs> Sorry again about spilling gravy on the showroom, but if you know a way to enjoy a hot foot of sandwich without some meat sauce on the side, I'd love to hear it. <laughs> Maybe nacho cheese? I don't know. That just came to me. <laughs> anyway, an issue has come up that demands your immediate attention. I keep getting stuck in your tub. At first, I thought the tub just needed to be broken in like a new pair of loafers or slacks <laughs> that haven't been split open in the crotch yet for proper breathing room. <laughs> used to take me a few months to split a trouser, but now I've got it down to a science and my undercarriage breathes freely after just a day or two. <laughs> but now a day doesn't go by without me having to be, get pried out of the porcelain by my right-hand man, Jeffrey. I'm considering appointing a bath boy to the staff, but that doesn't feel like proper use of the taxpayer's money. Is there a larger tub model? Perhaps an executive tub or a husky size. Even if you could just attach a desk to the tub so I could continue my presidential duties, that would be great. Honestly, the idea of signing a bill in the law while soaking in my taff juices is just, a, is just as appealing. Uh-huh. Taff you know, juices. I certainly have enough butter to grease myself out of there for the remainder of my term, which reminds me, <laughs> it's time for me to enjoy my butter pie. Please respond in taste. Best, Bill Taft. Wow. So that requires your knowledge that Taft was really fat. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the, yeah and mm. that he got stuck in a bathtub, famously. Yeah, 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 yeah famously, famously got, got stuck, stuck in a bathtub. Tub. Mm-hmm. What, I, what I think was most you know, what, surprising what to me about that letter was that he went himself into the store to order the bathtub. Sure, yeah. well, he was a man of the people. Yeah. You know, he wanted to shake hands. I'm sure he wanted to do some shopping along the way. Yeah. There was probably a nice pizza parlor or something that he enjoyed. I... I doubt that but i think that what's interesting about that is like in person he should have been able to kind of like eyeball 
whether the bath was going to be big enough. Well, sometimes you don't know. You know, your eyes are bigger than your big fat stomach. Yeah, you know, yeah. A lot of, a lot of time. yeah, 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 yeah. That's a common common issue. Yeah, mm-hmm. mm, interesting. And he's a guy. Once again, I really don't know anything about his politics. I don't know what he did. I don't know if he was a good president, but I do know that he was very fat <laughs> and wrote letters about it. Yeah, these are kind of like sort of presidential nutshells, I'd say. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Bon mots. Once again, don't know what that word is. <laughs> but maybe. It could be. I like that you aren't sort of like spoiling yourself as an audience for these letters with too much sort of burdensome context. Sure. And I'm sure, that, and there are, you know, I've read the other letters. There's letters about policy and other things. But frankly, that's boring. Yeah. Tell me about a super Get, fat dude the, naked in a tub. Give me the goss. Mm-hmm. Get yeah. to the dirt. Yeah. <laughs> so this next one. Is I've got a few more, and this one is this one is interesting because it's kind of about the brainstorming process. I would say because a lot of presidents, you know, they're known for their great speeches. Ask not what you can do for your country. Other things they said, and you know, I think them, it was a little. You have that a little flipped, but okay. Eh, well, yeah. you know, their words. Yeah. So, <laughs> this this is uh, Theodore Roosevelt, Teddy. Teddy Roosevelt, and this was a letter he wrote to uh, his vice president, Charles Fairbanks. It was dated uh, September 1st, 1901. Okay. Uh, Chucky, he starts it. Teddy here. Hey, I'm about to unleash this whole uh, big stick diplomacy thing. Speak softly, carry a big stick. Yeah. Right. But I'm not positive. Big stick is the way to go. Here's a list of other big things somebody could carry. Wanted to get your thoughts. Speak softly, but carry a genetically altered carrot. Speak softly, but carry a baby in an armored suit. Mm-hmm. Speak softly, but carry a cannon, but instead of cannonballs, it shoots fresh poops. <laughs> Speak softly, but carry a cardboard cutout of me, Teddy Roosevelt. Kind of his ego. Speak yeah. softly, but carry a big dick. Ha! That's just a fun one for you. <laughs> Speak softly, but carry a stuffed panda bear from the county fair. Speak softly, but carry a Grover Cleveland bobblehead. And then there's about 45 more. But we don't need to go through it. But he goes through. So that's wow. More just Very so sometimes it's like, yeah, it's an interesting how sometimes you have to like go through all the alternatives to know that you had the right mm-hmm. thing. In mm-hmm. first. Do you know what kind of response he got to this letter? He, uh, yeah, he really liked the, uh, the, the cannon. Yeah. Shot the poops. But sadly, technology... Yeah. Did not keep up, did not catch up, and it was hard poop technology, mostly. Also, it's like, even if America had that technology, it's like, that doesn't work as like a universal sort of symbol of And that's the thing, it was a symbol. I think uh, the vice president was just very excited about the idea of being able to rocket uh, recently discharged poop into his (laughs) adversary, which who wouldn't wouldn't want to do that? I mean, I understand. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like a... Much like a, a monkey or a chimpanzee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it's like you don't have to use your hands. It's like those things that dog owners use to pick up the balls and throw them. Yeah, that's right. Do you have one of those? Mm, no. Uh, no. I, <laughs> I just use my hand. Those things are silly. No, I don't, I don't mean to, to disagree, but I don't think he was talking about uh, being able to rocket a poop out of your butthole to such a velocity <laughs> like a cannon. I think oh. you would have to discharge it. And, and then, then place it. Now maybe you could have a bag. Well, no, I, I mean, I was, I was saying it's like instead of picking it up with your hand and throwing it, put oh, it, putting in it a in cannon. a cannon and okay. shooting it out of a cannon. That's, That's like sort of where I was just wanted to clarify that you, we were not talking about launching. Yeah, just no. once again a fresh. I knew we were recently. I knew recently we weren't then, but we are talking about it now. Out of it. your. <laughs> 
your <laughs> lack of a better term, clarify, butthole. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I, I didn't assume that that was what Teddy Roosevelt was talking about. Okay, well, I know, yeah. you know, there's a lot of people listening, so. <laughs> I hate to, you know, mansplain. I know that's a topic of the day, but. <laughs> but that would be. I just want to just wanna yeah. clarify. Now, this, this one, this next one, this is interesting. This really kind of hits. I think what we all kind of thought about this president and kind of lets you know Mm. that maybe your thoughts were correct and maybe some of the rumors were true. And this is from uh, John Fitzgerald Kennedy, and it was written to Florence Matthews of Grand Rapids, Michigan, one of your more famous presidents, of course. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was uh, February 17th, 1962. Hello, Florence. It's John F. Kennedy, 35th president of the United States and world-renowned fuck machine. Congratulations, Florence. You've been chosen to be February's presidential boink. (laughs) You've been selected among the millions of moms across the great land of ours to be my next motherly presidential conquest. You've passed a rigorous selection process based on your middle-class status. Fitzy loves the working man. Midwestern homemaker values and an 8.5 ranking on my self-made tits and ass scale. (laughs) Air Force One will be landing on the 21st, while I'll take you for an incredible night of whining, dining, and the best fuck of your entire life. I've seen pictures of your husband, Phil. Believe me, I'm doing you a favor. Speaking of Phil, if he has any objections, please let him know that you're doing a great service to your country, and maybe it would be nice if you got to come for once. Oh, wow. wow. Also, he can totes watch if he's into that sort of thing. (laughs) <laughs> a package will be arriving in the mail tomorrow, including a list of some positions you'll be expected to perform. <laughs> My favorite reverse cowgirl, I'm on top, as well as <laughs> wow. a blonde Marilyn Monroe wig and the dress she wore in the seven-year itch when everybody almost saw her cooter. <laughs> looking, for, looking forward to seeing your body and stuff, John, <laughs> doggy style or no style, Kennedy. So that's... Wow, yeah. I can't You learn believe- a lot. Don't you learn a lot in a little bit? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I mean, I learned a lot from that letter. Sure. First of all, reverse cowgirl with the man on top. It's interesting to picture, isn't it? I've spent a few years trying to imagine it. <laughs> yeah. A few years. Yeah. Well, I've, I've been doing this for a while. Yeah. And yeah. I believe what would have to happen, and once again, just to get in the details, much like the, the poop, is your, your penis would, would have to, it would have to be slightly hooked. Which happens. Yeah. And then, you know, it would be kind of like a backing in situation, maybe. Mm-hmm. Okay, you so know, like hooked yeah. backwards. Yeah, it's like parallel parking. Okay. <laughs> oh, that yeah. makes it clear. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> um, I like that JFK was like invested in a woman's orgasm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do too. That's my favorite part. Would yeah. you imagine? Yeah, I would imagine that he would be. Yeah. Although I, he had back problems. I mean, you never know. Like, you never know if someone is... Sometimes just because someone is a fuck machine, it doesn't mean that they're a giving lover. Sure. Yeah. Sure, you know? that's true. I'm sure he wasn't really always, but I feel like when you're, you're, just, you're just giving it to anybody in the American public, you want to yeah. put your best foot forward. He thought he had an election coming up. Oh, you true, know? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Little did he know. Very good point. Little did he know. Jeez. Of course. I'm surprised more of these letters haven't surfaced. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, I've done some pretty, pretty dirty things to get them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that I'd rather not get into. Okay. I have one final letter. I don't know if you guys have any questions. No, I anything. mean, I think we have time for one more. Anyway, Do we have time so, for one yeah. more? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is from Jimmy Carter uh, to Senate Minority Leader Howard Baker. He was a senator from Tennessee, a Republican. It was written on March 12, 1979. Howard, this is getting ridiculous. I told you guys I thought it was funny when you gave me that swirly after the correspondence dinner. 
I'm a good southern boy, and I can take a little rough housing as much as anybody. But I just stepped in a flaming bag of feces on the White House lawn, and I know it was you. <laughs> <laughs> I get that we have our disagreements, and maybe I'm kind of a pushover, or a panty waist, or a half-inch flaccid penis, or any of the other names you call me. <laughs> but I'm getting downright peeved over here. If you guys don't knock it off, I'm going to have no choice but to write you another strongly worded letter, and it won't be nearly as nice as this one. Oh, oh wow. And for the love of God, would you please return grits, the presidential pooch? I'm looking all over for him, and I got the pictures you sent of grits in compromising positions with Walter Mondale. <laughs> you know Walter's a deep sleeper, and it's not right to take advantage. I just hope that we can get beyond this and move on to more important issues that need addressing for the betterment of this nation. Also, if you could please give me the 20 bucks I lent you for that pizza back, I would really appreciate it. By the time I got to the thing, all that was left was a crust with Rockefeller slobber all over it. Sincerely, James Earl Carter, the Jr. Wow. The junior is a, is a phrase no one's ever said before. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't expecting to say it, but, you know. <laughs> but it was written down. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that's sort of how, it, how reading works. So that, that just kind of, you know, Jimmy Carter, obviously a fantastic man. Yeah. But maybe kind of bullied a little bit. Bullied, yes. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to hear that he, you know, stood up for himself. Sure. If we kind of wish yeah. he had stood up for this country a little more. Know, yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. Yeah. You said it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. So, I mean, we're wrapping up now. Do you feel like okay. if, there's one, if there's one takeaway you want people to have about the presidents as men, what, sure. what would it be? Is it okay if I go two-parter? Sure. Uh, one, William Taft, so obese he probably did not see his penis for the last 45 <laughs> years of his life. And second, uh, in the situation of a poop cannon, we're not, once again, I just can't say this, we're not <laughs> talking about rocketing a poop. From your your anal cavity, it could be really dangerous if you tried. Please so, don't try it. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate mm-hmm. the warning mm-hmm. concern for our listeners. And they mean a fresh poop. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Great takeaways. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's time now for what did I learn? What did I learn, Lisa? What did you learn today? I learned that if I suffer from sleep paralysis, it's probably because of sleep hag sitting on my chest, mm-hmm. trying right. to seek some revenge or something. As ghosts often Something do. like that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Helen, what did you learn today? Uh, I think I learned that the fattest president is usually the most personable and mm. most in touch with the common man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Especially in America. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, Martin, what did you learn today? Oh, that uh, John F. Kennedy loved eating pussy. <laughs> yeah, you learned that today, even though that's a letter you've had in your possession for a while. Yeah, but I hadn't. I'd been more focusing on other aspects, like you know the the poop cannon. But you know, yeah, <laughs> it was more when you said it, it made it clear. I was like, oh, because you hear about pleasing a woman, so you wonder how that would go. So I just kind of pondered it for a while, and then I thought, oh, I bet. Oh, okay. I bet he just munched that box. <laughs> <laughs> right, like um, a peach. Yeah. Okay. I learned that, uh, you know, when two trains crash into each other, people want to see that so bad that they will endanger their own lives. Mm -hmm. Um, And that you used to have to create a whole town to do a stunt, Um, which I think should keep happening. Um, You guys, that's our show. Thank you so much for listening to yet another episode of Baby Geniuses. Please continue to rate and subscribe on iTunes. Uh, Please donate to us on MaxFun.com. And say that you listen to our podcast. 
Yeah, that would be nice of you. Yeah. Ladies, send us your butts. Please. The pictures of your butts. Don't send us your actual butts. Yeah. Um, I follow us on Twitter. I'm at Mr. Emily Heller. I'm at Lisa Draws. And goodbye. Baby geniuses, we know everything. 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 Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.